Roy, welcome to the dirt. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you here, man. So um, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why we all need to learn, lean in, and listen. So my name is Roy Cohen. Um, I'm one of the co-founders and the CEO of Fetcher. Uh, and Fetcher is an Israeli AI company, but in AI, I mean a cool new way to bring generative AI into real businesses. And in Fetcher, uh, we have been working very hard to bring the heart and soul of algo trading, what we hear all the time on, on the, the magicians in the hedge funds, into real-life businesses. Mm. And we started five years ago and doing very well. Yeah, so you started five years ago doing well. You've got new products. You, you've, you've raised sufficient amounts of capital. You are rocking and rolling worldwide. Um, what's the biggest difference between Fetcher today and, and Fetcher, you know, a couple years ago? So uh, we are four founders and we, we've been around. So our age is not a typical... A, a startup entrepreneur that you will find over here in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the main difference between us and Fetcher in 2018, it was not Fetcher, we bootstrapped it, but in 2019 when we started, and today it's a totally different company. We started as a B2C company and very uh, on the same tech. And very fast we understood that our market is B2B. So one of the major things that we did is pivoted and we have been pivoting endlessly to find the right market and the right solution to use our technology. Fesher back then was the four of us. Today we are 90 people, offices in, in, from the States to Europe to Israel. So it's a totally different company in the way it works internally. And we scaled it up very gently uh, because scaling up can has its own issues. But today, you might say we are a very we have a very strong team and doing amazing things. So, given the uh, given the increasing importance of you know just generally data analytics and decision making and 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 models that are more al- you know more algo driven um, and all of these things, how does how does Fetcher position itself in the competitive landscape um, today? So what we are trying, what we are bringing to the industry is something completely new. So we see, we see the industry, and I'm now, now talking from a very, very high level, okay? As we call it, you have systems out there that are uh, auto-ML, basically. And, and in our spec, let's say in our first product, the pricing product, Okay. In auto-ML system, that they may use some kind of neural networks. They may use a lot of things, but they take the story or the transactional history of an organization and see how the human being reacted. And from that, they predict or forecast to the future. And there is a major flaw that was seen in COVID. When you have a new instance in the industry, they don't know how to handle it because it never happened in the past. What we brought in is a completely new tech that looks at not what the human being 
reacted or acted, we see the market and all aspects of the market. So mm -hmm. this is the LMM, large market model, right? Uh, in algo trading, most of the companies, if not all, they are very good or they are the, the specializing in a certain niche and they got there first. The ingenious idea of, of my partner, Dr. Uri Roshalmi was, let's build a model that understands an entire geography. So, and everything in that geography, from politics to a, a, a commerce to competition, in all aspects, in all industries. And once we understand that, we take the private data of the organization along the history and see what were the correlations. And then we predict to the future how the market will react. Hmm. These two aspects between many vendors out there that are doing AutoML or uh, forecasting upon the future, we forecast upon the right now. Today. It's a whole new approach of how to enroll in technology, how to generate what the market will do. And this is what we are doing, basically. Now, now, you guys were recently uh, got a pretty big award, right? You yeah. were uh, announced as the the world's best travel tech startup, if that's correct, right? Yeah. So, what does that what does that mean to you, and what you guys are are building, and and why do you think why do you think the world announced you as uh, as number one? The technology. So the reason that why you are number one is we have been able to uh, overcome technological barriers that were not overcome in the last 50 years in the airline industry. And our results in the airline industry are nothing like any other system out there can produce. And that's why. And that's why many airlines, many people within the industry voted for Fetcher because the way that we handle ourselves, the way that we speak, the way that we provide solutions is completely different than any other vendor out there providing solutions. Mm -hmm. And I believe the industry saw us and chose us as the leading in that, let's say, notion, idea. Path. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, there's a lot of things that are being done are the same as they've been for a while, right? Um, I mean, you've got Amadeus and Saber and all these folks who've been traditional, um, you know, kind of leaders in the in the data side of the industry. You know, do you guys do you guys partner with those folks? Do you replace them? You know, how how does you know how does no, how does we, we the do not partner, work? We do not partner or replace anybody. Okay, uh, uh, the the way that we work when we come to any kind of organization is we we piggyback their architecture and we automate all the legacy insufficiencies. It's on the organization to choose if they want to replace or not. We can we are working with alongside with those systems today because okay. not any not all organization will want to break tiles on day one mm -hmm. with a startup like us. So the tech or the product can work alongside any other legacy system out there as a pricing system, alongside revenue management, on top of the architecture of Amadeus or Sabre, or their own, it's very agile system, or they can use our new product, our inventory control system. 
So it's we are not replacing what they are doing today. We are just turbo boosting what they cannot do. Got it. Yeah, and and being, you know, being an early entrant into into what you guys are doing in in such a game changing way can be extremely exciting, but also uh, extremely challenging. So uh, there's a lot of education, right, um, that comes with it. So you know, let's and start insults. there. How do you how do you go about educating the market about your product? First of all, we don't speak about Fetcher. So you, we, we will not glorify. We, we are every time that we go out and we, do, we don't do that very often. We provide content. And you will check our website and, and every kind of meeting that we have with airlines. We are not here. We are not here to sell immediately. That's not our purpose. Okay. Of course, mm -hmm. we are a commercial business. And, and the Fetcher system will not be sold to all airlines. Our main idea is to, in the last five years, is to provide content, to provide case studies, to provide white papers on the technology. Because, and, and, and going into shows, doing these kind of podcasts. Uh, LLM and ChatGPT helped us a lot, taking this tech out. So we, we can see from Jan, all industries are very open because it's tangible. They have seen it and it's not magic anymore. It's real. So mm -hmm. depends, depends uh, pre COVID, post COVID, our effort changed along the way, but, uh, Gen AI helped us a lot. So, so what strategies have you guys, um, employed to help build that trust and credibility beyond like the types of content, like you mentioned case studies and, and you know, talking about the technology, um, but is is there is there anything else that you're needing to do to yeah. you know really educate the market as a whole about the need? About the need? Yes. Once they see the results, they understand the need because the industry has many industry has if it's not broken, don't fix it mentality. And once you show that, listen, guys, you are basically living on the ground. 5, 10, 15, 20% of wasted demand. And you, ver you validate that in a very scientific way that is acceptable with all the stakeholders in the, those organizations. Once they realize that, okay, we know somewhere in the back of our head there is a problem, okay? But mm -hmm. there is no, as the industry say, there is no solution. So these guys that came from Israel, they said they have a solution. We are a multi-billion dollar company. Prove it. So we've been proving ourselves for the last four and a half years, but not anymore. The tech is yeah. validated. There, you see the rewards. So it, it, was a, it was a roller coaster journey. How do you guys measure the, um, the ROI of your solution? Obviously, you know, case studies are a big part of, of what you've been doing from an education perspective. But where, where is the core ROI of, of implementing Fetcher? On the customer side, and we made them, it, 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 was, it was a funny mistake. Uh, we never believed that because we were, uh, um, we didn't believe that the tech, because we said everybody's saying there is no chance. Everybody's doing 2%, 1%. So we, we, you know, we created a fake glass ceiling to ourselves. And, and with, with that, we priced and the ROI for our customers is less than 10 months for 
for five years, use of the system. Mm -hmm. So the returns are uh, because of the way that we measure. And it's, it's not year on year. It's much, much, much more accurate because it's a real time system. It's like NASDAQ measuring the profit on shares. Okay. Huh. And ROI, it's, and, and it's very fast. Yeah. And it sounds like, yeah, immediate returns, but also immediate returns, uh, the, the quantified, long, the long validated immediate returns. Yeah. So, and, and you guys are, um, <clears throat> you guys really don't have any competitors out there, correct? We do. Okay. Uh, but we have competition in the, let's say, legacy versus uh, right. or ML versus neural networks, reinforcement learning, explainable AI. So, so you have two alternatives, right? Alternatives, yeah. And and um, and that can be you know that can be a double edged sword, right? Um, because you're you're the, you're the innovator, um, but also. You know, people are stuck in their old ways and it's not like a lot of people are doing what Fetcher is doing in the way that they're doing it. So how has this affected the way that you've been able to grow the business? Very hard. Uh, we said a lot of no to customers because we are looking for the trailblazers. Mm -hmm. We know for history, if you have a customer that in the entire stakeholder of the organization will not want to adopt, we work in these kind of organizations. Okay, we know the, the politics, we know IT departments. So we are choosing customers. We spoke with more than 150 airlines. Okay, we are choosing the right customers and we were very lucky to have brave, amazing partners like Azul, like, like, like Virgin. So, hmm. and a few more that I cannot say, but these are trailblazing companies and you know, uh, they are now reaping the rewards of being first. The innovators working with the innovators. Exactly. Yeah. So um, how do you stay ahead of the curve when there's nobody else setting the pace, when you're the one setting the pace? Uh, you need to basically look over your shoulder every day and think about new things to do every day to push forward. Like we started uh, to, we decided once Gen AI went out and we knew LLMs before the, the big declaration. So we started playing with that. And instead of using expandability as we have in our system via graphs, we're now using via chat GPT, whatever LLM for us is a commodity. And it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Our engine can use explainability in language instead of, graphs and it's going it's it's going to be the first uh, ERP system or the first enterprise system that you can operate the system using language that's yeah that's, that's this uh, kind of things awesome. very 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 innovative um and when you look at some of where some of that innovation has spun out from over the last five years um I believe you had a you have a had a pivot a pivot pretty early on um mm -hmm. right can you share a little bit about, you know, the, the moment maybe you realized that that pivot was the right one for Fetcher and what that was? So I'll tell you what, what was the plan in my mind when we started. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's ChatGPT today, but much more, but for real life. 
buy me this product, buy me that product on a B2C level. Okay? And we understood, I understood that the market is too fragmented. And the powers, in the, we're talking about 2019, pre-COVID. Okay? And the power in the history, I understood we are too early. That was that was what I understood. But where I understood that, because, you know, when you open a startup, you, you, there is the hype of, you know, the product. But you need to also understand where the market is. Mm-hmm. And every day you learn the market, you meet people, you meet companies. You, we are not airline people. We are not travel people. And literally, we stumbled upon the travel industry. And we saw something that nobody from us, all four founders from our history, because I came from, you know, product e-commerce, we moved from cash-based, query-based, manual to omnichannel. Algo trading from the 80s to the 80s, nanoseconds trading, media and advertising. And all of us never knew that outside of our industries, there is old legacy. We were shocked. And I saw the opportunity. And if you see an opportunity that is, it's better, easier, easier than what you had in mind, you need to be brave enough to pivot such early on and call all of your investors and tell them, listen, guys, we made a mistake. There is a better way. And not many CEOs can do that. Yeah. So yeah. early on, 10 months after we started. And, and what was the original plan? Original plan is to have an app. It was all supposed to be a B2C app company. Okay. So B so B2C, B2B transition, um, you know, calling your investors. Changing everything, changing, changing all, everything. All, all the commercials, changing and basically restarting Fetcher after a year when we started Fetcher. Mm. What what were um, what were some of the challenges that you faced that led to that decision? The notion that I will need to raise huge amounts of money and spend them on marketing for conversions instead of building a product and building a company, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was it, it moved me into to an ARR company instead of a business company. And, 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 and it's, it's, an, it's another company out there. And we didn't want to be another company out there mm-hmm. because we knew the tech is, is magnificent. And we knew the capabilities. We, we thought we knew the capabilities. We learned a lot more because it's research. That was the reason. And, and did your investors, once you called them up and say, hey, listen, you know, new plan, right? Um, what, was, what was the reaction on the, on the other end of it? Because obviously investors love making more for their money. And when you raise money, you know, more money, you the get first reaction you put more money in. Right? Or the second reaction. There was a first reaction and a second reaction. The first, yeah. What the F are you talking about? That was the first reaction. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Click, exactly. But... Uh, you do that, you cannot say I was wrong here without saying where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So I came with the first customer, the first airline when I did the flip. 
and with a complete plan how we take the same tech because the same tech can be B2C, B2B. It's, it can work in any industry. And the main thing that my partners helped me convince was the core tech and everything we did so far, is, it was not for waste. Instead, the development so far of the technology convinced us it, it can be better in B2B than B2C. So we, we will put the emotions aside of investors. Mm -hmm. We will need to put and bring it to the logic side of the decision by putting on the table a new roadmap, a new plan. And that's what we did. And a roadmap and a new plan that, that ultimately gave them a better return, right? Much, much, much better. They're happy Which, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure they are. <laughs> How did, um, so we talked about, we talked about you, we talked about investors. How did the team manage the, the transition from B to C to B to B? Uh, thank God I have amazing partners. Uh, and we were all, all the four of us aligned immediately because we understood when I came to them and said, guys, we are wrong. Mm -hmm. We need to change. So it, it took us about three, four days to sit among ourselves, to understand why we are wrong, to understand what to do. And, you know, among the four of us, we have about a hundred years of experience. And it was, it was not hard sell for me to convince them. Were there any initial internal resistances or partner challenges that you had to overcome? There are always part of challenges and there are always internal resistance that you have to come. We are four. But I believe that if you put something on a pragmatic way, not illusions, visions, because to, to take someone from the comfort place, you know, we started, we said to our investors, we raised we raise a little bit of money, we are happy. Why shake the boat? Yeah. Okay. And I'm a type of person that will always shake the boat, but I need, you need to, I needed to, to show it in a very pragmatic way, what will happen step by step with my partners, uh, with my investors, with my customers. We are not talking about when you're trying to do, I'm talking about myself, when I try to do this kind of massive change, I lay the ground. I, I did a, a SWOT to show them where are the risks. You know, you need to be put, again, putting emotions aside. You need to, to build in any kind of, the, any change. What are the benefits and what are the risks? Because there are risks in any kind of change that you do. And how can you calculate the risk? Do you have any ways that, um, that, that you tend to gravitate towards to better calculate risks? Yeah, but I keep it to myself. <laughs> well, not today. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> I never stop learning about everything. And I read about all the industries out there, all, this, all the amazing startups and looking for ways to make my business better. And every kind, it's all about knowledge and data. Mm -hmm. End of the day. If you want to calculate something, you need to be have a cold, 
calculation and to have a brave decision. So what I did is, okay, I went, I checked seven industries before I chose travel. Each industry I did a list, a SWOT, why yes and no, yes and no, pros and cons. Literally, this is what I did. It took me three months to, uh, and, and said, okay, we are, I said pragmatic, right? Why travel? Why mm -hmm. not banking? We are kind of, my pounds are coming from the banking industry. Why not e-commerce? Why travel? Imagine, imagine the decision to go to travel for people that never, instead of buying something on Expedia or calling my travel agent, that's our interaction with the travel industry. <laughs> so it was a mess. It was, okay, we are trained to B2B, but we are going to work with air, uh, airlines. It was a hard sell, but the data was there. The data showed that it's a monopolistic industry controlled mm -hmm. by very large organizations. That the uh, innovation is lacking innovation from the VC side, the private equity side in investments and in startups for the last, I don't know, five, six decades. Mm -hmm. I saw that as low hanging fruit. Else see that as an entry barrier. It's a, all a different kind of mindset. So speaking of a different kind of mindset, um, something that you and I both share is um, a, a relentless focus on unit economics. And, and when I say that, I mean a heavy emphasis on both cash and profitability, not just on ARR or you know, recurring revenue uh, of some sort, right? Which is incredibly important, but but not the only thing, right? Um, and so, um, and I think a lot of businesses get lost in that, you know, AR versus EBITDA, we'll call it, um, you know, quandary. And um, you've mentioned in the past that focusing solely on AR can be misleading as well. Can you elaborate on why, um, you know, why, why I guess what, what you think of, what I just said and, and why that is your core focus. So I believe I, I never believed in ARR. I studied ARR in, in uni or uh, in my master's degree. I know exactly what it yeah. means and how to do it. And, and I can be a, a, an accounting magician and create ARR that everybody will smile. But we are here to build a business. Right. What does it mean to build a business? So my mindset is, Investment is for the business to grow. My KPI is not the next round. My KPI is to be cash positive. That's my only KPI. Turnover. Turnover is the decision if your business will be successful or not in my eyes. Okay? On day one, I said Fetcher will be cash positive within five years. And we are getting there. We'll be there next year. Now, I'm not chasing investments. I never cho uh, uh, chased and built a business to have a magnificent round. I built a business on my cost. Well, to open, I, I, I was, I was, let's say, I was not rich enough to hire Israelis. So I opened Fetcher Poland. Hmm. Okay. And we don't sit, we have a very nice office, but it's not in Tel Aviv. It's 25 minutes from Tel Aviv. So the rent is 30% from Tel Aviv's price. And the way that we work, okay, we came here to do a job. 
when when you come to do a job in my eyes is uh, we will not find a, a thousand dollars per square foot in our offices nobody cares and the way that we hire the team the team is motivated to make the company cash positive around everybody our balance sheets our plans the way that we price okay it's a cost plus organization it's mm -hmm. in ARR to go to those okay and imagine at the start when I said I come to VCs we have an EBITDA based company nobody knew what I'm talking about nobody knew in 2019 when you go to a VC you are an EBITDA what's your ARR said we are not we are not a SaaS company we are an enterprise company ARR doesn't meet our start strategy the main goal is for every CEO out there make sure that you have a plan because the markets will change we passed COVID in the airline industry we survived we passed the ARR crashed we survived we are now passing what you know what in Israel and we are doing because the way that we build the business is to be very strong and we can we can survive without investments anymore mm -hmm. we planned for the moment that the market will go dark that the market will change because we know what happens in history and when you have a startup that is based on a business not based on getting the next investment mm -hmm. and it's a totally different mentality we price everything we will not take a losing customer we will say no to customers. We will get just the right customers that brings profit. And and when you when you found the right investor, right? Because um, you obviously you, you you've raised a, a sufficient amount of capital. Um, you know what? Uh, what were the requirements? Because there's requirements on both sides, right? And everyone always focuses on the investor's requirement, but. What were your requirements in looking for the right investor? So in Fetcher, and, and, and I'm sure it's published the amount of money that we raised so far. And you should see the amount of money that we raised to the valuation. It's like this. And this is an EBITDA-based startup. If you go to an ARR-based startup, it will be here investment and here valuation at the time of age of company like us. So all of my investors are right now on the green side of their investment, all of them. And we didn't work with, we have only one VC in our cap, a left lane that yeah. probably joined us this year. To that date, friends and family, high nets friends, but we were always with visionary entrepreneurs that are friends of ours that supported us from day one. It's very hard yeah. to go to uh, VCs with a crazy idea like ours when we started, because nobody believed us. So it's very, and again, when you go to those high nets, they are, they don't understand ARR, they understand the business. So it's, yeah. when you speak to them, okay, and these are tech billionaires, but they understand business language not vc language because we are yeah. business language people it's easier for us to go there 
Today it's very easy at first for the VCs and PEs because they are now taking everybody wants uh, revenues, everybody wants profits, everybody wants EBITDA right now. So markets have changed. Yeah, markets have have have, have caught up to you. So let's let's that's good. Um, the um, you know you mentioned that you guys are are based in Israel um, and there's obviously a lot of, a lot going on um, in in and around Israel. How um, you've got a pretty uh, at the same time, pretty prevalent startup market in um, in the area. I think it's number two to San Francisco. Like that could be that could be off, but I'm yeah okay. So I'm pretty sure it's like oh, right oh. up there with San Francisco. And um, but now people are starting to get called up into the military, and people are electing to, to to jump in to what's going on. And you know, all of a sudden, a lot of companies are without some of their core people, including some of their CEOs. What is the, what is the community doing over there, and how does you know how does that how does that look? Uh, for us, I believe I, I'll say for us and in in our amazing community in Israel. For us, because we have Fetcher Poland, all of our R and D's out there. So Fetcher, per se, uh, was not interfered with what happened. Personally, yes, of course, but. The community in Israel, like us Israelis, when in time of need, we are together. So myself, everybody that I know, because I have friends, we, we are only, we are helping each other as much as we can. Uh, and you will see on LinkedIn, even people that are in, been enlisted, when they have a break, they will do something for their company. They will go on meetings. And mm -hmm. that's Israelis. Uh, you know, our spirit is, and this is the Isra Israeli starter spirit and the spirit of Israelis. There is always hope. And we will always need to achieve our best to reach that hope of peace. And we will, and you will see the investors abroad, the investors in Israel. Every, you know, many startups were in a mid round, end of a round, and you know what it means. So we have. Yeah amazing investor community that are now helping. I saw today on the news, $100 million SOS investments from US investors, because this will end and the Israeli tech community will strive, but it's amazing to see the unity. It's, it's, it's heartwarming to see the unity in everybody's doing whatever. You see people that are 60 doing code to replace 25 that were enlisted. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, that that is. I mean, unity is what Israel and and our world in general needs, needs right so now. Much. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's awesome. That's awesome no to hear. Um, left and right, just be you one. Know, unite. Yeah, yeah. And I try to stay away from that as much as I can on this show, but it's, also. it's 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 hard, right? Like it's it's hard to separate what goes on from um from from business imagine business my calls stuff. with customers and investors in the last month what was the starting yeah i cannot i can't i can't imagine i mean i and can't imagine but it, you know you need yeah. to switch and right. go in business mode right 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 and um so what has what has you the most excited about um you know life business uh whatever coming into this this next year we have some new surprises coming out. You know, it, how we innovate in Fetcher internally, okay? Because it's a startup. The startup is innovation, but no. In a startup, you will do an MVP. People will like it and will start buying it. 
okay? And you will stop developing because mm-hmm. you are all preoccupied with onboarding and you lose market. You will lose market share. So I, in Fetcher, I created the, the Fetcher lab that I, I handle and I have my small team and we bring crazy ideas and we see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a, it's a startup within a startup. Okay. And, and we see what sticks with the customers. We see what sticks with our dev team. We see what sticks with our AI team, with our chief AI. This is how the LLM came out. We have a few more, let's say, non-airline customers that are coming out that we are going to do some magic over there to boost the entire industry. But yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, that's, that, is, that is exciting. I cannot say more than that. I, uh, yeah, I know you can't, but <laughs> I, I can't wait till you can. So we'll have to do a part two of this Stay tuned. Um, in 2024. Um, awesome. Well, um, it's time in the show where we hop into what I like to call the founder five. So it's five quick hit questions about you and your growth. Um, and the, the first one is the number one metric or KPI that you're relentlessly focused on, which we may, we may have already talked about, but say yeah, it anyway. The only one as a CEO is to make sure that my company is self-sufficient. That's my only KPI from day one. I want to make Fetcher and I'm going to make Fetcher self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. All right, a uh, a top tip for growth stage founders and CEOs like yourself. Manage the scale up. Manage the scale up. This is the many companies, myself included. I I failed miserably when I was younger in a scale up. You overhire, you overspend, you over because you are excited. Manage the scale up. My teams, I need to hire 50 people tomorrow morning. Okay, you have five. Manage it. Right, right. This is because you get a lot of money in your bank and you, oh, I have a lot of money in my bank, let's spend it. But think of the next 24 months, not tomorrow morning. Think about Mm -hmm. the near future. The market is very volatile. What is, it's okay for today, for tomorrow it's 180 degrees. You need Mm -hmm. to be on your toes all the time and manage the turnover. Okay, so what is, um, the next one is, what is a favorite book or podcast that has helped you to grow? Yours, your podcast. Oh, I'll take it. Nice <laughs> plug, thank you. <laughs> what uh, else? Favorite book of, let's go to movies. Go to movies, movies yeah, go. do it. Uh, Field of Dreams. Ah, that's a good one. If you build it, they will come. They will come. (laughs) As long as you show them the way. Um, Exactly. (laughs) So uh, next one is a piece of advice that counters what one would consider traditional wisdom. That's a good question. Always try to be the outsider. Love that. Yeah, that is definitely against traditional wisdom. So that's a good one. Um, All right, final one here. What is going to be the title of your autobiography? He retired in peace. Say that one more time. He retired in peace. 
He retired in peace. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great way to to end our show. Um, you have you've given so much to our listeners today, Roy. So um, thank, thank you so you. much for the opportunity. Yeah, and and I time for a little bit of self promotion. You know how how can those listening help you out? As I said, my passion in life is to is to learn and educate myself from everybody around me. So I see even this right now as an educational uh, experience, and, and 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 thank you for that. So mm-hmm. that's why I see life. Okay, everywhere I go, it's, it's an opportunity to learn something new. And I, I, I wish for everybody to learn something new every day. It's the thing. The most important thing in life is to educate yourself as much as you can. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the what's the easiest way to do so? Uh, Fetcher, you have a, on our website. We have a very nice website. You have all the details how to reach out to Fetcher. Okay, and to reach me directly, will not do very good because you know there are teams and people that will yell at me if I answer directly. <laughs> so fetcher.ai though, correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. Io.ai.com, they all will come to the right place. All right, all right. Um, fetcher.com, fetcher.ai. Uh, thank you, Roy, for joining us. And um, thank you, thank you. Go ahead, sorry, Roy. Uh, I wish that normality will come back. Yes. So here's here's to here's to normality plus. How about that? How about that? <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening in and uh, join us next time on The Dirt. Roy Cohen, everyone. Thank you so much.